knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to the show once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe with another show as the World Series is uh, well underway. Uh, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of some of the early events tonight uh, and uh, have a good time talking uh, some of the interesting things. I mean, it'd be very easy to just kind of give you the results, which uh, everybody can get pretty easily. There's websites where you can go, of course, WSOP.com, uh, Poker Central. Uh, you can go to different sites uh, like Poker News and get all the information. They are, of course, back as the reporting team, so they are giving extensive coverage, which has been great thus, thus far. Uh, last week I mentioned the Poker Go app, which uh, to me is uh, a great new uh, tool for people to use, whether it's to learn or to just kind of follow along with what's going on. But uh, they carried all five days of the uh, Super High Roller Bowl from the Aria, and uh, carried uh, some of the early events, including uh, the high roller, the, the super high roller from the uh, big drop in uh, in the World Series of Poker, the $111,111 buy-in, which uh, was completed. Uh, we'll run down all the results. Doug Polk, the winner of uh, the high roller over there. And here's a guy, Joe. Uh, we had him on by uh, an interview that I taped out there last year when he run, won the tag team with Ryan Fee. And was very nice, and uh, at the time was uh, un- un- launching a uh, teaching site called Upswing Poker, which has done very well. He's uh, has a huge Twitter following, and and uh, does a lot of uh, YouTube videos and and teaching stuff. And it's just a great story about what you can do in the world of poker if you uh, decide that that's uh, your direction you want to go, whether it's teaching or uh, just basically building your own brand. Yeah, well, and to build your own brand, you got to be successful. <laughs> so, True. to get the proper following and everything else. So, you know, with him now taking down the super high roller one, that's you know, that's that's outstanding. The uh, I'm was, sorry, the one, well, super high roller uh, one drop, one drop, yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll talk about some of the early results. Uh, uh, one of the most exciting things to me is today coming back for the uh, final day head-to-head play in the uh, $10,000 uh, Omaha 8 is Daniel Negreanu. Uh, you know, he's been right up there near the top, grabbed the chip lead. Abe Masseri had a big lead at one point, but uh, now the two of them will go head-to-head as they played late into the night last night till about 2 in the morning and uh, couldn't come to a, a conclusion, so they brought them back this afternoon, or will bring them back this afternoon uh, as we do the show a little early today. It has not gotten underway yet. Yeah, and... You know, Daniel's just one of those guys that people like to root for, you know. And uh, I still remember when he came, went out 11th in the main event just two years ago. Or, Absolutely. Or, so this is, uh, I don't know what it is, but I've always liked Daniel. I like his style of play. I like his demeanor on the table. And uh, so this is going to be interesting to follow, hopefully, this heads-up match. Well, I think it's great for the game. Obviously, new players come along every year. Uh, guys emerge and and uh, maybe the World Series is their breakout event. Uh, but uh, Daniel obviously has won all over the place, six WSOP bracelets. I just looked it up. Uh, still a ways to go to catch up with Phil Ivey and uh, even uh, Phil Helmuth, of course. But uh, Helmuth has 14 and uh, Ivey has 10. 
But uh, Negreanu is there, and uh, you know, I think he. I, I, one of the stories I want to talk about tonight is a, a little uh, prop bet, not really a prop bet, just kind of a challenge out there on Twitter that that he would win a bracelet and, and letting people bet if they wanted to. Uh, Jason Mercier did also, and then the two jumped together and said, uh, "We'll make a bet and give two to one if either one of us wins a bracelet. If we, if we either one of us doesn't win a bracelet, you get two to one on your money." Yeah, well, those those people are sweating it out right now with yeah. Daniel, uh, yeah, you know, needing to just beat Abe to to get his first uh, bracelet. But it's also nice, wasn't it? I believe it was last year that Daniel was. Uh, Inducted into the Hall of Fame, or was yeah. it two years last uh, two, year, or was it two years uh, ago? Two years ago, I believe. Two years ago, you know, and you know, like I said, still at the top of his game. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and you're right. Uh, I th- I think the personality of some of these players really lends itself to people becoming their fans, and that makes that's great for poker. I it mean, really to, is to have big name players that you like. Uh, and, that some that you don't like, from. and some that you absolutely. don't like, and some that you don't like. Like Kasuf last yeah. year was a perfect example of, you know. Even though he wasn't a household name until all of this thing happened last year, you know, it, you either went behind him and liked the style of play that he did, or or you went in the opposite direction. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know. uh, so we'll talk about a bunch of things. Uh, I tried to work in a few interesting stories, which we'll talk about a few hands. We'll talk about, uh, uh, of course, the bracelet winners. But uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, we have already awarded about 10, I believe, thus far, because the high roller is over now. The Colossus uh, playing down toward the end is still playing, but uh, uh, that should be finishing up today. So uh, very interesting stuff, and uh, uh, we'll talk about uh, all of that today here on the program. Uh, I wanted to start, though, with the Super High Roller Bowl at the Aria, which uh, was a completely separate tournament that ended right as the World Series was getting underway. Um, stole a little bit of the thunder because they had, uh, you know, all these top-name players in here for a uh, huge buy-in. And uh, the winner was Christoph Vogelsang from Germany. And uh, I find that interesting because uh, last year was Reiner Kempe, a German, won and uh, defeated Fedor Holtz, another German. This year, Vogelsang wins. And finishing third, they went down to the final three, uh, for the final day of play, and and finishing third was uh, another German, Stefan Schilhabel. Well, so you got to give the Germans some credit. Yeah, this could the, be the year the, of the German. The, it, it definitely could be, and it's just you know so interesting how well they've been doing, especially over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they went to the final day, and it was Schilhabel, uh, Vogelsang, and uh, a South Florida player. Uh, uh, Jake Schindler. Jake Schindler. Okay. Jake Schindler, who uh, is not originally from here, but uh, moved down here several years ago. You'll see him at all the uh, local tournaments down here. He's also uh, become a very good uh, high limit uh, or high uh, high stakes player, uh, high roller. Uh, anyway, uh, Vogel sang, uh, came from behind. Schindler had the lead going into the final day, could not hang on. Uh, a couple of really kind of uh, lucky hands uh, toward the end uh, really kind of led the way for Vogelsang to come back, uh, got some nice river cards. Uh, it looked like Schindler was going to win, and uh, he had a check call uh, going with a king-high flush draw, and uh, uh, Vogelsang hit, a fl- hit his flush on the river instead and uh, checked and quickly calling when uh, when Schindler shoved, and he did not get there. Uh, the German uh, took the chip lead, and then at the end, he called down ace-five after limping the button, 
and when Schindler raised the big blind and he flopped a set of eight and Schindler had flopped a set of eights. Uh, Vogelsang uh, had a gut shot straight draw, got there on the river again, and then you know, I mean, it's uh, that's that's when you win tournaments when you, exactly. when you get those pillows I mean, you, up. You, you definitely need to be a little bit lucky besides being a great player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Vogelsang wins six million dollars for that tournament. What did Schindler get? Uh, Schindler got three point six million. That's a nice consolation prize. Uh, Two point four for Stefan Schilhabel. Leon Sukernik who we mentioned last week, the owner of the King's Casino in Rosvidov, uh, finished in fourth, $1.8 million. Byron Coverman was $1.4 million. Uh, Pratyas Budiga, who I, I, I read uh, after looking at some of the write-ups, uh, realized that he won the, uh, the Spelling Bee in 2002. Really? Yeah, when he was a young boy. So uh, he became, ended up uh, spelling champ, became the poker champ, and he wins a million dollars for sixth place. Justin Bonomo, uh, the bottom of the cash list with uh, 600K. Not too shabby. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I want to mention that. uh, The buy in there was 100,000? No, it was. uh, A quarter? I think it was a quarter. quarter I think it was a quarter of a million, or right around there. So. I'll have to check that out, but I don't remember right off the top of my head. But it was a pretty good, sizable uh, uh, buy-in there. And obviously, Kevin Hart uh, was kind of the star of the show for the first couple of days till he got knocked out late in day two, uh, actually knocking out Phil Hellmuth and Fader Holtz. Yeah, I think we mentioned that yeah, last we did. week. we did talk about that last week. So uh, that was kind of the precursor to the World Series of Poker. Uh, I wanted to get into a couple of early results. Uh, the f- opening tournament. And this is something that you could play in, Joe. And, uh, and I know, you know the one, the employee uh, yeah, tournament, you talk which about, I know at least two people that from here that went over there. Did, did they do anything? Phyllis and, uh, and George did both you, went out there. I anything? haven't heard from them, so no, and, and I did not follow what they did there. Uh, Brian Hollis was the winner. He's from Maryland. It didn't really say what, what where he worked, whether he worked at Maryland Live or, or one of the other casinos up in Maryland. But... Um, he was just in there to, to to play this one tournament plus the Colossus he wanted to play. So um, it's a win for Hollis, and he's not well known. So uh, it, and neither was anybody in the in the top. What was part the of payout? The, the payout uh, sixty eight thousand, which he said, which kind of interesting. He said uh, he said I've always wanted to buy a house, and now I have a down payment. There we go. <laughs> Good. Not buying the whole house, but uh, 651 entries, prize pool of 325000 and they paid 98 spots. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. Then they went into the uh, tag team, $10,000 tag team championship, and one of the most interesting things about this was not only who won, but some of the teams. Uh, the winners, Liv Bori and her boyfriend Igor Kurganov, uh, winning 273000 and Kush Mandavia and Joe Keither finished second. Negranu finished third with his team, uh, which also included Eric Wasserson, David Benjamin, and Mark Gregorich. Uh, some of the other uh, teams at the final table, Martin Jacobson, uh, former uh, main, main event champ yeah. uh, with Mark, Mark Radoja. Uh, J.C. Tran, Namley, and Antonio Gutierrez finished seventh. Uh, Connor Drynan and a South Florida player, Mike Aaron, finished in eighth. And Dietrich Fast and Moritz Dietrich, along with Jan Schwippert, finished in ninth place. So uh, the great thing for that one was uh, that they had promised, uh, the couple, a uh, winning couple, had promised to uh, donate 50% of their winnings to a, a great charity in Europe called REG, R-E-G. 
and um, they did just that. So uh, made wow. made a nice chunk of change for that. Wow. Then again, congratulations to Liv and her boyfriend, and you know, great job. First career bracelets for uh, the couple, and uh, the heads-up play lasted 90 hands, so it uh, wasn't easy no. to take that one down. <laughs> Uh, in event number three, uh, you know who's my who's my favorite name of all the players. Yeah, I, I can't even pronounce it, but uh, go ahead and let the let Upeshka da Silva. Upeshka da Silva, uh, that's it. Brazilian player, Upeshka, I guess, originally I from Sri Lanka. Uh, he won event number three, the three thousand dollar no limit shootout. That's the tournament where you have to win your table before you move on, and uh, I guess you can win a couple tables. So fourth place was Olivier Bousquet. Uh, ninth was uh, Jean Prince Gaspard, and Taylor Power finished in 10th. So that was event number three. Uh, event four was a South Florida player from Boca Raton winner, and actually uh, he's pretty well known because he uh, is the current reigning player of the year on the World Poker Tour. Uh, he originally, I guess, was born in Germany, but his name, of course, is uh, Ben Zamani. And uh, he wins event number four, which was the $1,500 Omaha High-Low Split Eight or better. I looked up uh, to see if any of our friends, uh, Mark Perman or Mike Moed, finished in the money. I did not see their names, so uh, I guess they did not. Uh, Jared Hemingway finished second. Alex Ferrari was third. And uh, that was a great tournament. The, the Colossus we'll get to in a little bit. That's still going on, of course, with a huge field. But down this year... Uh, barely over 18,000 in the first two years was over 20 to over 21 yeah. last year over 22 uh, and I guess a little bit of the novelty of that one has worn off there they had just over 18,000 players and the interesting thing about that you know I'm just coming up with these things that I'm finding is how many buy-ins uh, I'll have to get to that but how many did buy -ins they do it the same had? way that you could only buy in once for all four exactly for all four there, levels. Were, there was six opening <laughs> oh levels. this time six excuse yeah me. so uh, that was uh, a pretty common theme on Twitter when I was looking up different uh, uh, articles. Uh, there actually is an article on uh, Poker News in their section called The Muck, which is uh, kind of interesting and funny things. But uh, uh, the opening question was, what do you do after busting the Colossus? <laughs> the answer is... Fire another bullet, bullet. and another, and another. another. So uh, uh, Grant But Hinkle, you had to wait till the next day. Well, or the next, the ne the next, next session. Later that night, because right. there was two each day. Uh, Grant Hinkle made the joke that this was the softest 5K event of the year. <laughs> uh, of course, the buy-in 565. Uh, you could get up to 12 bullets if you bought two in every uh, event. Uh, Jamie Kerstetter said uh, when she tweeted, this is bullet six of the colonoscopy, she <laughs> called it. Uh, Ryan LaPlante fired nine bullets. Uh, Mike Leah said he fired six bullets uh, and played in five of the flights. Had three catches, though, but only bagged once. So you get played down into the money toward the end of the day, and then you come back, uh, you know, can come back with, a, I guess, the top bag uh, at the end. Um, but he says... Uh, after he bagged finally event, he says, time to play some Omaha 8. <laughs> uh, Matt Stout, who has been on the show with us several times with his uh, charity League of Poker, uh, charity series of poker, uh, fired eight bullets, did not find a bag or even a min cash after having, he says, after having ten starting stacks on bullet one. I don't I don't know what he means by that. And but. starting stack, well, he must have... He must have gotten through a lot of players, you know, kept yeah. doubling up and doubling up. Right. 
Oh, I see what he means. I see it. Um, another guy said, Chris Lind said, uh, I'd like to consider myself the six-bullet wonder. Uh, he said, uh, and Matthew Wakeman uh, fired at 11 bullets. 11 out of 12, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is uh, something that uh, pretty much, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's all great for the game. If you had that many people buying in that many times, you can just think that the number of actual entries, players entering, uh, probably had to be down around 10,000. Yeah, probably. Or less. Anyway, several other funny things. I did mention uh, Jason Mercier and Negranu. They were tweeting back and forth. Uh, uh, Jason started off by saying he wanted 2-1 to one on a winning bracelet, just winning a bracelet. Uh, he said, I need, uh, need you to post or put in escrow unless I know you and trust you. Uh, Negranu says, I'll, I'll bet that either Jason or me wins a bracelet this summer. I'll take 1.2 odds. That either one of them wins a bracelet. Correct. Uh, Bill Perkins, who's a high roller player, jumped in and said, uh, I'll take some of that action. Uh, then Jason came back and said, uh, I'll take even money. Me and Daniel must win a bracelet. And uh, he stayed on it. Daniel kept tweeting back. He said, anyone want to bet me or not? What's going on out here? <laughs> and uh, then Negranu finished it up by saying, I just bet Ben Lamb that I'd win three bracelets this summer at even money. At even money. But uh, someone wrote in and said, uh, rumor is that uh, this bet was less than $5. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to take some of that as much as I love Daniel. Right, exactly. So we'll get back to the the Colossus a little bit later, uh, give you some of the um, situation of where that's in. I think they're down to the final table right now. Uh, we'll run that down for you. Not a lot of big names in that one, but, uh, of course, this is a life-changing uh, type of tournament. Still and, a guarantee uh, of a million for first? Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, one other thing, uh, well, Event 7 was won by Jesse Martin. I did want to mention that. That was the mixed triple draw low ball. Chris Bjorn, the uh, elderly uh, Swede, uh, finished in third place. Uh, Jared Blesnick was fifth. And uh, Terry Jennings was sixth. Uh, also, event number eight that I wanted to mention briefly was the WSOP uh, online competition. They called it the Online Little Grind. It was a $333 <laughs> buy-in, attracted 2,509 players. Uh, this one kind of went along with, you know, a lot of online players uh, that you're not really familiar with uh, playing it out here. They got down to the final two after Michael Adamo, uh, was eliminated, winning 54000 Left left two players, uh, Mark Scasewater and Joseph Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell plays under the name UL underscore GG. And Mark uh, Scasewater plays under PLO Donkey 17. Well, he proved to be the real donkey because once they got down to head-to-head, -to -head, I don't know if he went offline or just suddenly lost his connection, but he just basically disappeared. He couldn't He couldn't get back online. And a lot of people found a lot of uh, fault with him, you know, for a tournament of that size and that kind of money. You should have some sort of backup. Uh, you know, she should be very careful. And and you can imagine what he must have been doing, running around of trying course, to get back online. Of course, I'm mean, I'm sure this you know this is this had to be driving him up the wall when yeah. he knows he's just constantly being blinded and antied out. I, so, I've had this happen to me and I've had it happen to people I've played against online and, and actually heads up in the same scenario right. where 
I wound up winning a tournament. I don't know if I, I mean, I'm hoping I would have won it regardless. But by the time the guy came on, he literally had under a thousand chips, and I was sitting with like about four hundred thousand. <laughs> so, well, here's how know. long it took. I don't know what the blinds were at the time, but uh, he had about ten million chips when they went to head to head. The other player had about sixteen million. So there's no guarantee that he would have won anyway. Uh, but uh, when he came back, he had less than a million chips, and. When he finally got back online and started playing again, it lasted like two hands after that, and he was gone. You're so frustrated, yeah. and your opponent now has 25 to 1 on you. Exactly. And you're figuring, I got to double up two or three times. I, I, I don't even know what the blinds would have been at that point, but they had to be massive. And it doesn't say how long it was that he was offline, but it says a long time. So uh, that brought up some stuff on Twitter that a lot of people said uh, the sportsmanship-like thing to do would be to – uh, fold your big blinds. Kind of just keep him in there until he got back. Of course, you don't know how long he's going to be gone. Uh, a lot of other people said, not for that kind of money, no, I don't do that. No, I wouldn't <laughs> be doing that either. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, we all risk that that you know that happening to us when we play an online tournament. You right. know, and yeah, it sucks. Trust me, it sucks. You know, I've seen where people have been issued a, a penalty on the final table for something that people think is a minor infraction, and we've seen the uh, the opponent, you know, uh, stall so that so right. so that uh, you know so the 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 penalty is very minimal to I get, that particular. I, I person. guess there's no uh, there's no love in what do they say in love and war. There's no uh, yeah. Well, listen, you know, the, there's a lot of money involved here, yeah. and once again, you know. 16 million to 10 million. Yeah, you have a nice little lead, but one hand turns that around <laughs> real quick. So, uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, the champion uh, Joseph Mitchell wins 122,000 for an online event. And there will be two more, by the way. And uh, how much did this other gentleman he, get? He for won second? 73. That's that's a fifty so fifty thousand fifty grand fifty well yeah uh, it's fifty grand I don't I know I don't know how much of a sportsman I'd be <laughs> and I don't I, I haven't really seen this before I think that since this is such a big event and one of the few uh, in the World Series of Poker uh, that a lot of people were really shocked but I guess it's a fairly common thing in in big online events and uh, Charlie Carroll last year lost his connection he jumped in the car and drove to a Starbucks to finish it out there and won go. a tournament in the scoop so. Anyway, uh, let's take our first break on the program here. Uh, we're running down some of the early events of the World Series of Poker. Don't forget you can always find our show, which we will do this throughout the seven-week period, kind of run down things and pick out interesting things and talk about a few hands here and there, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. But you can always pick us up on Hold'em Radio Network, uh, which uh, is airing our show a couple times a week. I saw this week uh, we were on during the day one day on a Thursday and then on a Friday night uh, at 8 o'clock. So great uh, Time slots that they've been putting our show on. We really appreciate that. Of course, you can go to iTunes and just search iTunes for Poker Action Line. You can subscribe to the show on there. Get it there every week. You can go to our website, PokerActionLine.com. You can also go to uh, SoundCloud, which is a great place to get all uh, your podcasts, including ours. And uh, Stitcher Radio. Uh, Stitcher.com is a good place as well. So all these places, uh, probably a few more that I'm uh, missing here, but... Uh, certainly, uh, we're out there if you want to find us, and uh, certainly you could write in to ask some questions or uh, give us a topic that you want us to cover. You can write me at uh, bigdave at pokeractionline.com. We'll take our first break in the show. We'll talk more World Series of Poker when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line here. We do the show weekly from South Florida. 
This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? It's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow. Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money, always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real, but the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no! This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here, Poker Action Line, and thanks for being with us on another edition. Uh, of course, everybody's out there. Uh, Joe, you work at a poker room here in South Florida. You know, you mentioned last week that uh, especially during the day, it's uh, giving your room a big hit because uh, people that normally play there on a regular basis. Uh, what have you seen? What have you heard from some of the other South Florida rooms? Things are uh, pretty slow. Yeah, I, at this time of the year, things slow down in a lot of rooms. Not only have our, you know, like I said, we, we specialize in a couple of big games, so a lot of these players love playing that. And not only that that big game, we have um, – we have – Three times a week we have a 20-40 uh, seven-card stud high-low that plays, and uh, most of the players that play in this are, you know, in their in their late 60s, some of them in their 70s, and some even in their 80s. But they do something that I used to do, I used to love to do when I was playing in house games and private games before, you know, the everything exploded here in South Florida, where we take uh, uh, a kitty and, you know, if it's me and you, maybe another player. Okay, if you win a pot that's a hundred under a hundred dollars, you put five dollars in. Over a uh, hundred or over, you put ten, and anything over three hundred, you're putting fifteen. And these gentlemen do this every single night, and they save this so that they can pay for their trips out to Vegas and their entries into the tournaments that they like to play. And these gentlemen were going to be out there almost this whole month. They were supposed to play Monday, but we had such bad weather on Monday. Uh, that they did not show up, but uh, they're going to be gone playing in tournaments out there at the WSOP until almost the very end of June. Wow. So I, you know, that's even another game at night that gets get, that gets affected by it. But most rooms are going to feel a little bit of it. You know, our room probably feels a little stronger, especially because of the way our day game and everything else is is situated. But I know it's affected our tournaments at night, too, where we've had a fields a lot less than what we're used to. Right. Uh, how about other places you hear? Uh, anything from uh, around town? 
Well, you know, of I've course heard... the Hard Rock just moved into their new room, right? So there's not as many people going there, probably. I would have. Well, I've heard some people mentioning that over there that they that they seem like they're a little slower. I mean, obviously, without seeing the the numbers and being in these rooms, but um, you know, I've I've heard that one of our main competitors, especially in the free roll tournaments, uh, has also been hit with you know with the amount of entries into their free rolls. So. Like I said, my, my general experience throughout the years has always been that at this time of the month, the summer is always the slowest time to begin with. Right. And then, you know, obviously with the popularity of the WSOP, I would imagine rooms throughout the whole country are feeling some sort of a hit. Now, you know, whether it impacts them as much as it does us because our room hasn't generated the income, but I would imagine that at least... 15 to 20% is going to be affected for, for the total amount for the whole month for, for a lot of the rooms down here. And one of the amazing things is also out in Vegas, there's just so much to do outside of the World Series to play. Uh, the Venetian has their uh, deep stack series. Uh, you got the Win, the Aria, you got Binions with tournaments. Uh, just pretty amazing. Planet Hollywood, I think, has a big series. Well, out Vegas there, so. is, you know, listen, you you got to give it to them. They're not they're not just gonna, you know, keel over and give it all to the WSOP. You know, you've got so many poker players out there that you know you're you're giving them an option to play different field tournaments and you know different buy-in tournaments all around town. And from what I understand, everybody does well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it's great to be out there, a lot of fun. Uh, I mentioned the early champions, of course, Brian Hollis winning the casino. Uh, employees Championship, uh, the team of uh, Liv Bowery and Igor Kurganoff, Kurganoff uh, winning the tag team in event two. Three was, uh, 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 well, slip my mind now. Event four was uh, Ben Zamani. Event five is the Colossus, which is still going on, uh, playing down today. Event six uh, was the one high drop roller. Uh, big big one for one drop, high roller, super high roller, I should say, uh, 111,000 with Doug Polk, the winner of that one. Event 7 was Jesse Martin. Event 8 was the online with Joseph Mitchell. That leaves uh, Event 9 uh, and 10, which are uh, finishing up here, and also the Colossus, which is finishing up. I want to talk about that for a minute. Uh, they're down to the final table, which will uh, kick off later today as we follow it down. Uh, the chip leader, and, and the funny thing is, is uh, all Americans in the top final table of nine in this one. Really? Yeah, wow. a little surprising to me. Uh, Mark Babikoff uh, is the chip leader with 19 million chips. Irkut Yilmaz, uh, like I said, all Americans, <laughs> uh, 16 million. Third place, Taylor Black with 13 million. Fourth place, Kent Kopik with 11. Uh, rounding out the field, you have Thomas uh, Pompeo with 10 million. Uh, the two players I've heard of that I know of in this tournament, uh, one is in seventh. That is Ralph Massey, the brother of Aaron Massey. He is uh, 5.3 million chips. Uh, John Hanna is in sixth place with, uh, or seventh place, I should say, with uh, uh, 13. No, I'm not 13. I'm sorry. Uh, 7.5 million. Uh, Luke Vrabel is in eighth with 4 million chips. And Matt Affleck, that's short stack. Uh, Matt from, uh, of course, the state of Washington. And uh, real familiar uh, to a lot of people, 3.5 million chips. So they'll play it down. A million-dollar first prize. They'll finish it up today, today and tonight. Uh, also, I wanted to mention uh, Event 9, which is the Deuce, which is the uh, Omaha 8 tournament. And that is uh, uh, 
Daniel Negreanu playing that one uh, against uh, Abe Mosseri. That will get underway also this afternoon, and uh, they're pretty far along, so probably won't take too long. Uh, events 11 and 12 and 13 are underway. Uh, 13 is the Deuce 7 low ball, $1,500 buy-in. He started with 266 players in that one, and they're down to the final 50. Uh, some of the players who have uh, uh, busted out, Billy Baxter, Barry Greenstein, uh, but a lot of big names that we're familiar with. Matt Waxman is still alive, albeit uh, very short-stacked. Uh, who else we got? We got uh, 50 players in the well, chip you leader. Said Bernard Lee had Bernard Lee is out in there. there. Alex Foxen is the chip leader. Uh, David ODB Baker, David Bake, uh, not Bakes, but ODB old David Baker, uh, is uh, still in the field. JC Tran still playing. Uh, James Woods, the actor, is still, still alive, alive in this one. He's uh, got a pretty good stack in there and still playing along. Uh, Steve Wolanski from South Florida, the, from Cooper City, is uh, 32,000 uh, chip stack. Anthony Zeno's at 51. Uh, chip leader, I guess, uh, is, let's see, what is his chip stack? Alex Foxen. Uh, let me look down the list here. And Foxen has 147,000. It's pretty substantial lead. No one else is in triple figures. Uh, there is a, someone at 91, George uh, Bellanen. But Helmuth is still in there. Rep Porter, who we've had on the show, is in there. Philip Wee, who is uh, the boyfriend of uh, Lonnie Harwood. Uh, Bernard Lee is at 25.8 thousand, so he's uh, still hanging in there tough. Jeffrey Lissandro still alive. Tom Schneider, who we've had on the program, is uh, at 78, so he's up in the top five. And let's see, who else? Ryan Lenahan and Frank Casella still in there as well. So that's a great field. It's funny that you mentioned Lonnie Harwood because I just remembered her father has played in that in that yeah. 2047 card stud game at Dania. Right. He's a, he's a regular player around here and a pretty good player as well from what I hear. Uh, so we'll be following that one along here, uh, events 11 and uh, 12. Uh don't have anything handy right now, but for $1,500, Dealer's Choice, six-handed is event 11, and event 12 is uh, just a $1,500 no limit. So uh, definitely some interesting things. Uh, the other event I want to talk about was the tag team, uh, the, not the, the 1,000, which is the one that our guest from last week, uh, Dr. Tricia Cardner, was going to play in. Uh I don't see her name in there, so she may be out by now. But they are down to uh, the final table there as well. 843 uh, entries in nice this one. Nice field. Nice field. Uh, 758 uh, prize pool. Uh, chip leaders are uh, t the team of uh, Esther Taylor Brady, which is uh, Ite, uh, teamed with DJ McKinnon. They are the chip leaders with 908,000 chips. Muckle Pahuja is still in there. He's teamed with Jonas Wexler. Another South Florida player, Sam Cohen. Uh, Samantha Cohen is teamed with Ryan LaPlante, and they are at 407,000. And uh, Nippon Java teamed with uh, Aditya Sushant. So uh, they are finishing that one up as well. So we got a couple of South Floridians. We will probably will pull for rooting for, including uh, Muckle, of course. Muckles has uh, team has 292,000. Uh, Sam Cohen's team is 407. The chip leaders are at 908. So uh, that one finishing up as well. So uh, well along the way, I wanted to talk about one hand from this event, uh, which I just found kind of astonishing. I you know, you hate to. Uh, 
ridicule players, but you know the fact that the tag team 10,000 had a lot of big-name teams with a lot of players. Uh, you get to the $1,000 tag team, which is obviously much more affordable and is going to attract a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, when they pool together to get in. You might have some players paying $250 each to get into a major tournament like there and trying to win a bracelet. Now, how many people are in the tag team? Uh, seven. That's the one, 843 entries. No, but I'm saying per team, how many? Oh, two to four. Two, oh, you could have yeah. two to four. You could have two or you could have up to four. Uh, interesting in that is uh, uh, Justin Bonomo actually went on Twitter to recruit players to team with him uh, in this one. And uh, he said, I will put up the uh the the 10,000 oh this you're was in, about this the, is big in the other one. one this was in the other one i will put up the 10,000 and uh you know you have a chance to win a bracelet for nothing and someone wrote in well what's the catch and the catch is that he keeps the money but you get a bracelet <laughs> so uh uh he said all you have to do is come and play uh let's see what was, how did he word that the minimum amount of hands yeah it was uh uh, I keep all the winnings except the extra bracelets. They, he said, you play one round of blinds, I play the rest. <laughs> so he ended up getting two partners, uh, Drew Friedman and Maureen Jueyek, uh, and uh, they end up playing. So I didn't really see how they finished in this one, but uh, I don't know. That's a certain certainly a way to, to adjust it. He said, uh, anybody could play, non-poker player friends, media, Whoever wants, and you have a 1 in 300 chance of winning a bracelet. So uh, no money, but he keeps the money. Yeah, well, that's no fun. Yeah, that's true. That's really no fun. Money. Anyway, I had one hand that I saw in here, and this was late in the day, and it was the team of Ivan Luca, who I've seen on previous uh, main event uh, uh, telecasts in, in previous years. Uh, I was familiar with who he was. Uh, I didn't really look up his results, but he was teamed with a woman, Maria Lampropoulos. And uh, it was fairly early in the, in, in the tournament. They were into the third level, I think, or, or right at the end of the second level. And I just wanted to run this hand down for you. Uh, one of the players, Stephen Dees, was one of the chip leaders, opened a 1500 from the hijack. Uh, on the button, Luca responded with a three bet, made it 3500. Okay. Uh, there was one other player, John Green, who uh, called in the big blind, and Dees, uh, you know, Call called as well. So they went to the flop. Uh, the flop was Jack of Diamonds, King of Clubs, Nine of Diamonds. Uh, okay. and, and all three players checked. So the action went to the turn. The Seven of Spades came up, so you got no flush draws. Well, you have a backdoor flush draw there, I guess, uh, no, you uh, still have the two diamonds on the right, flop. Right, right. So you can get it on the on the on the uh, river. But uh, uh, Luca was the last to act after the first two guys checked. So he put in a bet for three thousand. Both players called. The board was the king of hearts. So there's two kings out on the board. Okay. So okay. Green and D's both checked again. Luca goes all in for over eight thousand chips. So he's already put in 3,500. He's put in 65 plus now over right, 8,000. Over 8,000. Uh, one one player called. 
The other one, the chip leader says uh, he folds. He said, oh, oh you got it uh, when this guy called him. Turns out Luca had 6-5 offsuit. So really the only thing he had was a, a gut shot. To, he needed the 8 on the on the river to, to get the straight. Uh, Green was holding that when the hand had uh, king-queen offsuit in his hand. So... He had the set of kings. Even if Luca hits his eight, uh, a ten gives you gives you a, gives somebody else a higher strike. Right now, to me, uh, isn't that kind of really bad play? Well, he saw his opponents check both the the turn and the river. Right. So he figured he figures they, he figures they missed they, they were on a missed draw, you know, and he pushed in. He now, figures granted, he goes all I don't in know if I'd go fold. all in, you know. Yeah. Because you're you're only I mean if you get called you're, that's someone who slow played a, a weaker king, and you know right. that's exactly what happened. Even though king queen isn't a weaker king, but he raised after a raise into him, so that guy could have been figuring he's you know he's got ace king and he's slow playing it, but you know you, you, that guy wasn't going to go anywhere. Well, right from the start, if you're holding six five offsuit, you're raising right off the bat. Yeah, well, you're trying to get your opponents off off them. Remember, you're last to act. Right. You can raise with just about any two okay. cards. You're hoping to isolate yourself against the original razor, and if the original razor was raising with a similar hand, he's probably going to release that hand. You know, this is this is the game that's played at the, you know right. in, in in poker now. You know, in the old days, you would have probably folded that six five right away to a, to someone, you know, who's who's raising, and they, and again, it all plays out on on the opponents that you have in the game Dave you know it's it's a it's a whole different game now I uh, probably would have just checked it down didn't catch a flop didn't catch a favorable flop and if that eight had hit on the turn I might well, have put well, out seven a seven hit on bet. the turn so no, that, no I'm saying not on the turn if the eight the had hit on the river to right. give you the the lower end straight you know then all of a I, even then I wouldn't stack. put in all my stack because you know someone could have easily have been in there you know with a 10 looking to catch a queen, you know, and all okay. of a sudden coming into the back end of, of the jack high straight. I guess because of position, I can see maybe hanging around after the flop. Uh, I think the what what egged him to do this, you know, what prompted him to do this was that both of his opponents had checked both the turn, you know, they, they had checked the flop, the turn, and, and then the river. Yeah, and and yeah. then he's figured, well, they these guys can't have anything. There's no way they're calling me. And all in bet, you know, with already, you know, 11,000 roughly right. in that pot, right. you know, and, and, you know, someone woke up with the two kings. Except that one of the players was one of the chip leaders, so I don't know exactly how many chips he had, but he probably had a good 40,000, 50,000, I'm thinking. Yeah, but does, does the guy want to risk, uh, you know, that percentage? 14, yeah, well, he had already risked, uh, you know. Well, actually, he did make a bet. He said he made a bet. I'm sorry. You said the bet was 3,500 was the raise, and then he bet another 3,000. No, he called. He just called. Okay. Uh, Luca was the three bet, and Green, who was the. And oh, there no, was the no D's, other. You're right. You're right. D's there, came back and uh, right, called. And, and right. So there was three people in there, but I'm saying on the flop, did he bet the 3,000 and it was called? Right. That's where I would have released the hand because you know somebody hit some piece of that board. Yeah. And when they checked the turn and the river to him, he thought he could represent, you know, that he was trying to get them to bet. But at that point, actually, there was a lot more money in that pot than I thought. There was 20000 in that pot. 
because they they had each right. put in sixty five hundred between the original raise and the three thousand uh, dollar flop bet. I guess that leaves one final question: What did Maria Lampropoulos think? <laughs> I don't know. If you're on watching your partner bluffing off uh, your stack with six high. Well, yeah, well, yes, and that's that. That's a conversation he needs to have in private with her, and I don't. I I'd like to hear that conversation, that the explanation. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, things move on. We'll look a little bit at the uh, the the uh, uh, Omaha Eight tournament. Uh, give you a little bit of uh, what happened there. And we will also uh, look ahead to what's coming up for the week as things uh, really uh, got under very, very quickly. And uh, for the first week, uh, really. Uh, well, they're giving away out. 70 bracelets this year, too, right? 74. 74. Yeah. So, yep. And they got to move things along quickly there. And we will go ahead and uh, take a look at some of that stuff when we return in our final segment. Uh, but don't forget that uh, we are here every week, and we've had some great guests recently, uh, Dr. Tricia Cardner. You can always pick that up on our feed. Uh, go to our website and uh, click on the yellow box on the front page. It has all the uh, past uh, tournaments and <laughs> her past uh, guests and uh, shows. But uh, we have... Uh, been doing this show for like seven years now and so some great stuff. I'm sure you can find uh, some, one of your favorite players on there because we've had just about everybody on the show. Anyway, um, we'll keep an eye on the World Series of Poker when we come back uh, with our final segment here. Uh, everything uh, happening and uh, a lot of funny things, including uh, uh, William Kasuf is back at the tournament. I got a short blurb on him and also... Uh, um, Howard Lederer and uh, Jesus Ferguson are, are playing are in the playing. tag team. Wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'll mention that as well. Anyway, you're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll return with our final segment in just a few moments. Uh, thanks for being with us, and, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
Seven, the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. We're back with our final segment, Big Dave and Joe. Thanks to uh, Joe Costello for stepping in and handling the controls today, early uh, show this day. And... uh, we're up to, uh, I guess we're up to close to 400 shows now for uh, Damn. for the long run. It's pretty amazing, <laughs> who, huh? Who thought we'd have been, who'd have thunk it that we'd be here this long? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one other hand I wanted to talk about came from the uh, the One Drop High Roller, and really not so much the hand because bad beats are part of the game, and uh, I think a, a big part of it is how you handle it, really. And this was a, a hand that I read about that I wanted to mention. Uh, Dan Shack in the uh, in the one drop high roller uh, just a couple of days ago um, had a hand where it was a pretty bad beat. Uh, he he had gone out. Uh, it was the one drop uh, bust out hand that poker nightmares are made of, and here's how they reported it. Uh, he had a ho- just 140,000 chips left, so he's fairly short stacked. Uh, he shoved from the cutoff once uh, action had folded to him. Uh, big blind Scott Seaver uh, checked and said, what would happen if two players busted at the same time? And the tournament director said uh, that the prize pool would be divided between the players busting, even if they were even if they were sitting at the table and had different, same table and had different stack different sizes. Different stacks, really? Yeah. So anyway, uh, Phil Helmuth was in the hand. He called from the small blind. Big blind was Scott Seaver. Uh, bet four hundred forty thousand. Helmuth folded, and that left just Shaq and Seaver. Shaq had ace jack offsuit, and Scott Seaver had jack five offsuit. Uh, the flop was uh, two hearts, ten four three. Uh, there was an ace on the turn, which gave uh, Shaq top pair. Yeah, he, but it the, gave the other Seaver, guy needed a deuce for the straight. Yeah, he gave him the gut shot and said uh, the, the, the guy uh, doing the commentary said he needs to dodge a deuce, Shaq does, to double up. And, of course, it was the deuce that hit. So he's out of the tournament. And uh, uh, Shaq basically stood there in disbelief and had said uh, that he was not going to be play, ever play poker again. <laughs> Of course, he came back and, and uh, played after yeah, that. Yeah, that's how you feel when you get somebody hits a four-out. Uh, by the way, there was 20 players that cashed in that event and uh, guaranteed 166000 So it's always tough to go out uh, on a bad beat. It's always tough to go out but on a bubble. But Dan's had this happen to him before, and I'm yeah. sure he's done it to other people, too. Well, he's we, a veteran player. Anybody no who's played this game for any amount of time, you know, you've you've been on both ends of you've been on both ends of that of, of that situation. And he had just bubbled the super high roller bowl, by the way, as I mentioned. So this was the second bubble in a row for him. That would just makes it cash. a little more frustrating. Exactly. Uh he said I could have I could have folded and the cash would have been nice. 
he said, but I play to win, you know, which and you can understand. What? If it, once he saw his opponent turn over a jack five and he's got ace jack, he'll take that situation 100 times out of 100 times, even if he's on the bubble. He knows that he's a, a big favorite to hit that hand. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just the way poker, the, you know, how poker is. You know, we, like I said, anybody who's played this for any amount of significant amount of time, you've gone through, you know, the, the peaks and valleys of, uh, of hitting one-outers, two-outers, and having people do the same to you. Right. It's just part of poker, and it sucks, but it's part of poker. Well, the nice end of the story is he did come back and play uh, the uh, high-low, uh, Omaha high-low eight. Uh, and uh, finished 16th, won almost $17,000. So, you know, it's certainly not huge money. It restores but your faith that, uh, you know, that <laughs> that you still know how to play poker and that you're making the right decisions. But he went on to say uh, that he was going to take a break from the series and come back later in the series and uh, play the main and that sort of thing. So uh, it, it goes back to what we've talked about over the last few weeks, the uh, stamina and the, it's a what you need that you can't, you know, guys like Shaq is in his 50s. So, uh, you know, it's not as easy for him to play all these tournaments like everybody as does. As Bernard Lee has said a, a couple of times on our show, Dave, you know, especially when, you, when you're in your 40s or 50s, if you're a married man with a family, you know, you have to have the support of your, of, of your spouse, you know, to be away this long. Like you said, it becomes a grind when you've lost, when you've bubbled on two tournaments, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking, is this thing, is this worth it at all? I mean, you know, it, it is a grind if you're going to play in the main event. It's hard to stay out there. We know so many different people that go out for a week, 10 days, maybe even two weeks, and then come home for a week, 10 days, kind of recharge the, the poker batteries, get back out there for the last few tournaments and the main event. And, um, you know, unless you're a very young man or unless you are just running so good, that you're you're either winning bracelets, making final tables, you're you're constantly making money in all these tournaments. You're you're in that zone, right? You know, then it doesn't become as much of a grind when when you're when you're seeing some sort of money at the end of this and uh, you know and final tabling and making some nice scores. For most players, unless you're a very young man and and, and have that stamina of a of a young twenty year old person. Most people need to take a break and right. step away from it. Well, it's good the, to hear that, you know, he bounced back and, and uh, came back in. And I think, you know, you need to get past some of the tough defeats. Uh, just uh, for an example, the uh, the kid who won the Casino Employees event obviously wanted to play the Colossus, and he wanted to play the Casino Employees. So two small buy-in events, at, uh, maybe a total of $1,000, if you know, not counting rebuys. But he said that uh, last year in the... Uh, casino tournament he busted out after seven hands well there you go see <laughs> Came back this year and won it there you go i mean listen when you, when you're more of an amateur player you know a part-time player yeah it sucks that you went all the way out there and got knocked out and you know after just seven hands but you know we don't know what the situation was maybe he had aces and and you know got his aces snapped Whatever the situation is, but, you know, you mentioned, as you were telling this story, about how you handle a bad beat. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I was so impressed a couple of years ago in the main event, as they were reaching, going to that final table, was the, the year that uh, Joseph Chong right. came in third. There was a scenario there, and I can't remember who the player was, whether it was the Italian kid or... But, you know, he had aces snapped against the pocket eights, and the guy with the pocket eights... 
went all in after a flop that he did not hit an eight, but wound up hitting runner, runner for a straight. And at that point, there was only 20-something players left. And, you know, it, it took about 40% of Joseph Chong's uh, stack. And I just said, oh, I'm going to see. And, you know, probably the most impressive person that I've seen taking a bad beat, handle it. And obviously, he went on to finish third right. in that main event. So, you know. You mentioned it right there, Dave. You know, you've yeah. got to get your emotions under control, when, when, especially if you're that deep run in a tournament. Well, one other, two other things I wanted to mention. One is uh, what happened in the high roller, uh, the, the one drop for high roller, which uh, was won by Doug Polk, as I mentioned. But there was a little bit of a controversy there. They had to actually stop the tournament. They said that, um, and it was during the final table, that they said, uh, Polk tweeted about it lately, uh, or, or late in the tournament, and said, uh, we're taking a break. I looked down at my cards and discovered there were white dots at different patterns for each card. That Basically, the cards were marked. He said, uh, we're not going to continue until we have a real deck. And uh, Haralobos uh, Lob- Vulgaris said... Uh, he tweeted also that it seemed that all the uh, RFID cards are marked uh, or at least flawed, and it took 45 minutes for them to come up with uh, some different decks. But uh, Well, I, I don't think it took them 45 minutes to come up with different decks. I think it took them 45 minutes to have somebody in security yeah. you know, see if someone had been marking these cards or checking a bunch of other decks to see if, if those cards were marked that way. Right. But, but Polk said, he also tweeted out it to his credit. He said, listen, I know all these guys at the final table. I don't think that any one of them are cheating. Well, because remember, if they catch somebody at that final table cheating, they ain't getting paid. So right, right, that's, right. that could have been the reason for the delay, just to make sure that no one at that final table had been marking cards. Right. You know, so. Uh, but by the way, uh, Reiner Kempe did finish at the final table, finished seventh. Uh, Andrew Robel was eighth. Martin Jacobson, who I mentioned, finished sixth. Uh, Volgaris was fourth. Dario Sammartino, third. And Elke Grospellier uh, from France finished second. He led most of the tournament and at one point had about a six or seven million chip lead. Uh, he had like 19 million chips, and the closest I think was Polk at the time. But. Uh, he finishes second, wins 2.2 million. Polk wins 3.686 million. So uh, uh, looked like it was going to be a crowning achievement for Elkie, but uh, Polk yeah, uh, well, you, took him you, down. You still have to play the. You still have to play till you get all the chips. So yeah, you know. Anyway, uh, the other thing I want to mention was uh, Chris Ferguson and Howard Lederer uh, were on the same team along with Andy Block. Uh, for the tag team, uh, Block is the uh, guy with the uh, cowboy hat a lot of times. You've seen him on uh, a lot of shows. Uh, they were in the $1,000 tag team event. Uh, they returned last year. We know that. We talked about it a good bit after five years away from the table. Uh, just some of the tweets uh, from some of the people. Uh, and and the funny thing was uh, Jess Wellman, who's a writer and covers the World Series out there, she says... Uh, uh, a piece of me appreciates the brazen attitude, but, uh, you know, uh, it's it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, they would come there and, and take all their uh, abuse from people because I'm sure a lot of people said stuff. Oh, <laughs> I said stuff? Yeah. I'm sure you could write a book about everything that's been said about them there. And, and last year, and I mean, we heard how much heat uh, uh, Ferguson caught. Yeah. 
you know, and, uh, you know, this is just, it, it hurts, Dave, you know, it, it really hurts to the poker community that two people that were very loved, you know, and respected, you know, were involved in, in, in everything that happened at Full Tilt, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame, and guess what, you know, they gave up a lot of property and a lot of money, so that just lets us know they, they, they knew what was going on, Yeah, and if... And if by any chance they didn't know, the uh, the amount of stuff that they were given should have let them know that something wasn't right. Uh, one of the one of the guys said uh, he called him uh, Chris Judas Ferguson. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, it's a, you you go down that road, you better be prepared <laughs> to pay the price for it if you get caught. One other player tweeted. Uh, he said, uh, "Ferguson, the letter or team in this event, uh, please, if there is a God." Let, let him put me on a table with them. I promise it will be worth it. <laughs> and uh, the funniest line I read was uh, by Sam Panzika, who said, uh, I would respect these two guys a little bit more if they are both wearing I Knocked Out a Full Tilt Pro <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> great line. That was a great line. Great line. Uh, so uh, that kind of covers everything. Oh, except William Kasouf. I did want to mention Kasouf. Um, they did say that he was back at the table. His uh, chatter was cordial, they said. His table-side behavior was toned down. He said, although you could still see a hint of his infamous antics, that you can't help but feel want to break free. So uh, uh, one of the players said to him, uh, uh, he asked to buy the button. And the player said, you can't buy the button in a tournament. Another player joked and said, they made a rule about stalling because of you, and here you are still stalling. <laughs> So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, listen, you know, unless, we're kind of wondering he how he would react. Unless he has a deep run in one of these, in one of these events, uh, you know, he, he, he may go down by the wayside as, a, as an afterthought. Yeah, he is uh, fairly entertaining. Anyway, uh, today the two things we'll be looking at, of course, is, and, and by the way, uh, the Poker Go app has some really great stuff on there if you want to follow some of these uh, in tournaments. Uh, they had a bunch of the, uh, the high roller. They had the... Uh, the, the one-drop tournament, they had head-to-head, uh, -head, heads up, uh, which has gotten gotten underway, and uh, we'll be, I'll be watching a bunch of that stuff. But I uh, do want to see if Daniel can come on and and uh, take the title. In I the, certainly uh, hope he does. In the Omaha High-Low $10,000 buy-in. Uh, Yaron Bender went out uh, last night late in third place. Fabrice Soulier in fourth. Uh, some other players at the final table. Anthony Zeno finished seventh. Uh, the mouth, Mike Mattisell finished eighth, mm -hmm. and uh, John Monette finished ninth. So uh, we'll be looking at that and uh, see how it goes. But uh, that's going to do it for today's show, and uh, we do appreciate you being with us and hope you'll follow for all the interesting things. I'll try to pull out some uh, funny and uh, interesting hands uh, and uh, how people react. We certainly will enjoy that. So that's going to do it. Joe, thank you very much. And also the other Joe, thank you for uh, handling controls and everything on the show. And we'll be back next week. We'll try to line up some guests for you over the next few weeks. But we'll be bringing you all the coverage of the World Series of Poker over the next seven weeks. And uh, we'll see you next week on another edition of the program. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.